Hey everyone, welcome to the Four Goats and a Mic podcast, season two, episode two. We have Deanna Kent. I always want to call you Deanna Miller for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> <Deanna> One day. <laughs> yeah, <I'm- laughs> first day. Right, they about to pop out the background. <laughs> yes, we have Deanna Kent here, the better half of the millionaire mindsets. Yes. Hey, Dee, how are you? If I'm you doing wanna- great. Thank you, Heather. Give guys. us a little rundown, talk your shit for the people who are new and don't know, who aren't hip. <sighs> okay. <laughs> so, as I already said, I'm Deanna. I'm from Cleveland, Ohio, um, born and raised. I am a military vet, so I did four years in the Air Force before I separated. I was a paralegal. Uh, once I separated, I started my real estate business and my millionaire's po- Millionaire Monsters podcast, which is next to this the best podcast in the world right now so make sure y'all check that out top 50 <laughs> but we started the millionaire monsters podcast got into real estate got a um, few properties under our belt within the first year uh started a foundation which has helped you know a bunch of little kids um across the world and different families you know get the supplies they need and now I'm starting something new. I'm starting a new business venture by myself, which is the Lessons in Life and Luxury brands. So new brand this year, but yeah, that's pretty much it. So can we just jump into like the nosy questions? No, can, we, can, I, ask her, can I ask her like one question? Because I think somebody asked me this to ask Deanna like two weeks ago. So yeah. I want to uh, like, I know... We talked about it on Millionaire Mindsets about how you and Xavier kind of met and how you guys were both like on that investing path. But what was like your first like real, okay, I really need to invest in the market or what did you look at first? Because I know you invest in cryptocurrency. I know you invest mm-hmm. in real estate. And so what what was the pathway from you being like a young Deanna in the military to where you are now? Where'd you get started in investing? So when it came to investing, um, it was 2017, like you said, in our very first investment, I want to say it was in cryptocurrencies. Like mm-hmm. before we got into real estate, before we got into stocks, it was crypto. And I remember when he got home from his deployment, he was gone for seven months. And by that time, we had almost 30 Gs. So when he got home, he was like, well, hey, since seeing crypto, you know, Bitcoin, they're doing X, Y, and Z, like we need to do it. And at this time, I was extremely skeptical. I'm like, oh, I don't think so. <laughs> like, I'm was like, this, sorry, was this around the time you guys were doing that conference? I saw Zay tweet that out about tweet out about that the the conferences that you oh, guys were going to. We went to yeah, that was so we had this was after we started investing. We wanted to okay. learn more, so we went to a conference in San Francisco, well Silicon Valley, and you know like there they in it like real real like big. So we get there and we're sitting there, we like two or maybe five black people or maybe we the only two black people there but we sit in there and they're talking about like all this stuff in the future like what blockchain how it's going to get into real estate with cars like with banking systems and that's when we knew like from that moment like yeah we about to really get into this because it just felt like they were like light years ahead of like where we are today in the world and i'm like just imagine how many people don't have access to this information because they're not here they're not going to these spaces and these people were like so knowledgeable and like everybody was hip to what's going on people starting all new business ventures so for us it was just like it's a no-brainer like we gotta even if it don't work out as planned like at least we were in it and we tried to see where things went Oh, so your first one was cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. First one was crypto. And then you got into real estate and everything else after? 
Yep. So crypto, then we got some stocks. We started like a few different investments, um, investment accounts. We got into stocks, started building that portfolio. And then once I got the military in 2018 is when we jumped into real estate. Nice. Nice. I always hear like, like to hear that progression because mm -hmm. a lot of people think like we all got all of this investment stuff like overnight and we all just jumped into this mm -hmm. overnight. So it's good to hear that like, yo, like years and years ago is when you started your path. Mm -hmm. And I mean, here's like something I don't think I've ever talked about on like any platform, but I used to have a hair business. That was my very first business venture, like in the military. I started selling like virgin bundles and stuff. And I want to say it was like a couple months. I had a couple sales, like, but that was my first taste of business. So like that was mm -hmm. my first, you know, every time trying to mess with it. Virgin okay. bundles. Okay. I, have about, <laughs> I have a question about the 30K because like I saw like, you know how people like to talk shit, right? Mm -hmm. So I saw some people saying like, well, if he let, if he had her whole 30K, why didn't she go and invest that? And for me, I'm like, he didn't tell her to go invest it. He yeah. said, hold the money. <laughs> I did so exactly like, what he asked me. Like, like, <laughs> people, love, people love saying some stuff and giving advice and what you should have done. And they've never even been there. Like Zay mm -hmm. told you exactly what to do. He said, hey, I'm sending this money back. Just hold on to it. Like y'all, y'all are together, but y'all aren't married. He was like, yo, just send it back, like out of sight, out of mind. I didn't want to spend mm -hmm. it. And right. then y'all got to work together after once he got back. Like people exactly. don't understand. You just got you gotta stack it up first, then you go invest it. Like people want to start investing with a hundred dollars. Like if you dollar cost averaging, sure, that's gonna work. But if you're trying to make real money, you need to have some real money saved up. Like people people plan. wanted her to pull a Keisha Kior. Why'd you he was supposed to turn that money into a million by the time he got back. <laughs> look, but look, you notice how both of those women listened to exactly what the nigga said. He said, hold the money. Gucci said, here, take this money, invest it in your business. And she invested mm -hmm. in her business and turned it into something totally bigger. Xavier told you to hold the money. and You held the money. You know, mm -hmm. it both worked out. Either way, y'all came up on it. So it's exactly. Like, who fucking cares? And also, mm -hmm. I feel like there's stages to first saving and then investing. Like mm -hmm. saving, you got to make that, you got to save that first like hundred, then thousand, then 10,000. And when it's just sitting there and so easily accessible, that's a whole other thing to like not want to spend it and then not actually spend it. You know, I've been fighting myself for like 60 days. I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I feel like a lot of people, one, they don't take into account, like, this was only seven months. This wasn't like this was years of me holding this money. It was a quick <laughs> turnaround. It was seven months. And like B said, like, your returns are so much greater when you got a lot more money to play with. So seven months of just hardcore stacking to come home to $30,000 to invest, that's crazy. Like, our returns were killing once we started investing. <laughs> so we did it the way we wanted to do it, and it worked out very, very well for us. So that's, I mean, at the end of the day, my business. We did it the way we wanted to do it. Yeah, personal finance right. is personal. People, <laughs> they keep forgetting that. Like, people think that personal finance is one size foot, like, one size fits all. But really, it's like, there are general rules that you f should follow. But outside of that, it's like, you do it how you want to do it. Like, mm -hmm. you should do certain things, but you don't have to do it exactly the same. Everybody's journey is not going to be the same. So, exactly. that. 
But yeah, the wild I mean, thing is, if you would have did what people said, like, well, why she didn't invest that? And then you fucked up the money. Then niggas would have been like, well, why didn't you listen to him? <laughs> <laughs> you see how women never listen to men? Exactly. Like, you wasn't going to win with that. No, I, like, when I seen Xavier post that, I was like, I know niggas going to have something crazy to say so, about this. There's no, there's no, there's no winning on the internet. I don't think, I don't know anybody yeah. thinks. Like, you'll, you'll, you'll never win with everybody, you know? If you would have never kept the money, he would have been like, oh, well, that, that's why... I, we don't trust women with our right. money, something exactly. like that. <laughs> exactly. Like, either way, you are damn Chanel or LLCs. Right. Either way, you're doomed. Oh, she didn't buy her man an LLC to come home to? Right. Like, what a right. Like, no, I just always tell people, what, do what works for you in your mm-hmm. situation, in your financial situation, your emotional state. Do what works for you, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, just to touch on this a little bit, but a lot of people don't realize, like, being on a deployment is an extremely stressful situation and it happens to military men where they send their money home to their wives or girlfriends and they come back with nothing so just keep that in mind like for him that was like a major thing that i didn't do anything with that money but it's people who will take that money and be gone by the time you get back from that (laughs) deployment like they're gonna be off living life so you know people they hey people mess up the bag quick so I want to hear more about the new brand and like, how did that all get started? What inspired it? But before that, actually, you and Zay, like, you you guys ducked off for a couple of months. So like, <laughs> what were y'all doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we, um, what was it? I want to say maybe it started in like October, maybe around October-ish, we took like a social media break. And we just had been having a lot of conversations about how we felt like it was a distraction at the time. And we were just like trying to figure things out and like, you know, just kind of restart things. I mean, 2020 yeah. was crazy. And granted, we weren't like affected too much. But, you know, it's like when you're going so hard for so long, this was like a really our first opportunity to sit back and chill. Like when we got out the military, we full time into our businesses and into doing everything that we were doing. And it's just like, it's no breaks in it. And it's like, that's long hours being in the military and now extremely long hours being an entrepreneur. So for us, we were like, we're just gonna take like a mental break and chill. And that's when we decided we were gonna move to Texas. So that's pretty much when we started, pretty much opened up this door to a new chapter. So we decided we we're gonna move to Texas. We um we came to see you in Vegas that weekend. Yeah. <laughs> and we came to Texas for a week to come visit. And then we ended up staying in Florida for like a month with his family. But then once we got back a month later, we were on a plane in Texas. Like we had <laughs> sold everything, packed all our bags and we were here, like we were so serious. So. <laughs> From there, it was just like, all right, like, this is a new chapter for us. Let's, like, restart our lives. Let's, you know, like, sit down and go back to the fundamentals, which I feel like a lot of people don't do enough. It's like, when things, are, even when things are going good, like, sometimes you really need to sit down and just, like, work on the foundation and go back to the beginning. So how do you guys balance, like, especially when he got out of the military and you started investing into different things? You know, a lot of people think, like, I got to get myself together before I even start thinking about someone else. And you both were kind of building at the same time. So how did you balance, you know, business and then your personal relationship and keeping that that connection there? I'm not even a lot. Like sometimes it's really hard. Like it's it can be a struggle because it's like you feel like you're being pulled in so many different directions. And then just being in a relationship, like 
your person your partner has like different expectations of you so you can't just like write them off completely like you have to devote time to them and time to your business because either way if you don't put the time in one or the other is going to fall off so for us it was just about being extremely intentional like for a long time, we had date nights every Sunday. Like you have to start working at this time of day. Like um, if I want to do this or if I want an hour of your time, like you got to give it to me. And it's just like, mm-hmm. I may not want to, it may be I'm busy at the moment, but it's like, you got to do it. If you really want this relationship and you want it to work, you got to do what's best for the both of you. And it's just having that mutual understanding. Like it's not going to always be easy but we want to we see ourselves living a certain lifestyle we see ourselves providing a certain type of lifestyle for our future children so we got to make the sacrifices now in order to get to where we want to be so i I have a question where are y'all trying to get to like what's your current goals now if y'all don't if you don't mind sharing just like for short term or long term um I guess like short term, since, you know, you said you all decided, like, I remember when y'all came here to Austin, like, y'all were like, yeah, we gonna move. So what, you know, what is your short term goal for like moving to Texas and making sure, like, everything goes good for the next, I guess, year or two years, like? So for now, I think a lot of our focus is on mutually the podcast. And then separately, like me with lessons in life and luxury, like I want to build that into something bigger, like something to where it gets monetized at some point, but it also influences a lot of people. And then Xavier has like his podcast course that he's getting ready to drop and he's always doing like his own different business ventures. So us coming to Dallas was like an opportunity to like really connect with more like-minded people and like more people, younger people or just people like on the same wave as us so that we can pretty much like continue to move forward. So for this next year or so, it's all about building out these new business ventures. And of course, sticking to the real estate, sticking to the fundamentals of investing in stocks and crypto and just letting that build from here. Yeah, that's dope. Like, I think that, I think like the the fact that y'all came to Texas to be able to get your business to the next level and interact with like-minded people is dope. Like I think that the internet is great, but there's nothing better than being able to be like, let's say if you want to go back to Vegas and chill with Ari, do some business mm-hmm. with her, like you could quickly get on a flight from Dallas and get to Vegas. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's completely different when you're able to interact with like-minded people uh like within a short amount of time in your same environment like people they don't get that like i see all over twitter they're like why is everybody moving here why is everybody moving there i'm like y'all don't understand like like like-minded people are migrating to the same areas like it's for a reason there is power Mm -hmm. in being able to have like like like-minded people in your environment that you can just tap into exactly community is so big like people underestimate that or just like take that for granted. Like you really need that community because sometimes you can't hang with your your normal friends or normal people that you're used to being around. You have to be around people that are constantly inspiring you or maybe teaching you something. So mm-hmm. like really find, find a solid community if you really want to separate yourself from where you are now and where you want to go. I think B's birthday was really like a turning point, at least for me, because like, I kind of knew, like, I honestly feel like that was, like, the starting point of, like, me getting close to y'all, because, like, I knew Jazz introduced me to everybody, but I didn't even know Jazz that well at the time, and then just being able to, like, hang out with people, see how they move in person, what their energy and vibe is like, I was like, oh, shit, like, these are actually cool people, you know, and from there, (laughs) 
you know, I think just, you know, our just the whole little community we've built, everybody cracks jokes on like Blackwell Twitter and LLC Twitter, but it's really become like this great network where I've done something or made money with everybody here. And maybe, maybe almost all of our guests, I would say a good amount of like our guests some way, somehow. So don't underestimate, you know, don't take for granted your ability to connect through social media, but also to like meet up safely, you know, mm-hmm. when you can. I agree. Cause even like, like me knowing myself, I like social media. I know how to navigate it. But if you ask me to keep up with a person I've never met before in person, I'm not going to take you seriously. Like if you hit me up, it, it's just like, you're just another person <laughs> on the internet. Right. So me, me and people in person gives me that personal connection to where I feel like, okay, we've built some type of bond. I probably, I like you. I trust you. I'm more like enthused, like connect with you on stuff and hit you up. Like the way we talk, like me and Ari, I think before Beezus' birthday, I don't even think I talked to her before. So it was like after that, now it's like we talking all the time. So for me, just knowing how I am, like I need to connect with you in person and feel you out before I feel comfortable enough just like really opening up to you and letting you into my life. I remember that. I touched on that this week on Twitter because I had a lot of people like reaching out to me like, hey, I'd love to go to lunch with you or something like that. And I was like, not that it's like, that's not cool or anything. It's just very weird to me because I've never met you in person. So for me to be mm-hmm. doing like such personal things, like going to lunch and like doing things like that with you, it's just kind of off. So like what you just said is spot on. If I haven't met you before, I'm going to be a little bit, you know, standoffish or just a little bit different than versus somebody mm-hmm. that I know personally, or I met personally and had a moment with. A lot of us are weirdos too, like socially anxious, introverted. Bees is probably like the most like friendly and outgoing, like off the bat. Yeah, and it's funny because I met Bees like literally the first day I met her, we were abroad and like, I don't think I thought like she would be awkward, but like how cool she was, was real like surprising. (laughs) Not like cool, like cool in a sense of like, it wasn't like, I didn't like feel weird being around her, and I literally I don't know just be like a weirdo or some <laughs> shit. Like, no, I didn't think you'd be a weirdo, but you know how sometimes it's awkward. Sometimes with like just like the first few minutes, but it wasn't like that. It was just like you were cool from the first second, like, and I was just like, oh my god, thank god. In He's my head, probably I was probably the that. best one to hang out with first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I just be chilling. Like I'm not doing nothing crazy. We just be chilling, having a good time. That's it. First time I met B, she hopped off of like a 12, 13 hour flight <laughs> from Asia to LA, met me at a bar and we just got wasted. I remember like two things, like letting her in and then us at a diner, just shit face eating like chicken fingers or something. And the rest was, I don't know what else happened. <laughs> Somehow I got home safe. I was like, yeah, my aunt's like, yeah, she was really cool. I was like, oh, good. <laughs> yeah, your aunt was like, she was inviting me to y'all. Uh, I forgot what y'all doing the next day. Her birthday party the next day or something. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> Very funny. Okay, so tell us more about like the new brand. What inspired that and started it? Tell us. Give us the lowdown on that. So, Ari, you already told you this, but you played a major part in this. Like... From a distance, oddly enough, like, because I noticed, I want to say, 
at, at one point, I'm not even gonna lie. I was like, I'm not coming back to social media. Like, I'm over it. I'm just like, stay offline. But then I was just on and I was noticing like Ari was starting his rebrand and it was subtle, but I was noticing it. And I'm like, I just love what she's doing. Like, I love the direction she's going in. And I'm like, you know what? Like, I feel like I'm in a space where I'm getting older. My lifestyle is changing and I'm ready to evolve. And I feel like a lot of girls hit me up because they're trying to understand how to do it. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm in a space where I feel like I've done enough experience enough where I can teach others how to do it. So once I decided like exactly what I wanted to focus on a direction I want to go in, that's pretty much was like the birth of lessons in life and luxury. The life part is because I'm 25 and even though it's young, I've still experienced a lot, a lot of life lessons that I feel like will help a lot of girls who may be 17 to 23 and they're looking for like that advice because like for me personally, my parents or the women in my family have never went through the things I'm going through. So it's a lot of girls out there who are making these transitions, whether it's military or just business life. And I'm like, I could provide a lot of advice to them so they don't, you know, have some of the same struggles I went through. So that's the life part. The luxury part is I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs don't talk about it enough because we all talk about like how you stay down, like until you get to where you need to be. And then people think you're supposed to be rich overnight. Like the next day, your whole lifestyle is supposed to evolve. But for us, it's been a slow transition. It wasn't like it was overnight. We just bossed up our entire life. It's just been suddenly like learning what we like, learning new things, learning different lessons in like class and just like having certain things. So I just want to show the evolution of that too. You don't have to be 100% where you want to be to start living a lifestyle that you really like or that you want to have. So that's pretty much like how everything came together for me to bring these two worlds together and then just share that information. What is I love that you did that. Thank you. What does they think? Zay? Yeah. Oh, he loves it. He's trying to, like, steal my idea, y'all. Like, he's oh, he's trying to, to come out with, like, a luxury men's YouTube page? He's trying to come out with a YouTube page. I'm uh, like, bro. I'm I like, promo yours first. Yeah. So then promo. <laughs> I'm like, yo, I'm going to block you. Like, no, everybody, we you. record this. So anytime yes. he try to front, just play a clip of this episode. Play a clip yes. of this episode. Let the people know it was your idea first. It was me first, but no. Like, he... I really love that shit. I love that you did that. It's because, like, well, growing up, I never really had anybody to introduce me to, like, the finer things. I just came from mm-hmm. being, like, poor and then having some money. And, like, my aunt, she always had money. She was like, yo, buy this. Do this. Do this. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, ah. Like, I'm not that rich. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, the other day, she showed me the mirror. And the mirror, like, seven feet tall. The shit's, like, almost ten bands. I'm like, yo, like, I'm, I, I need to ease my way. And <laughs> stuff like that. Like, I don't buy $20,000 purses and $10,000 mm-hmm. shoes. And she buys perfume. It's, like, $1,200 a bottle. And she's like, Terry, you should get this. It smells great. And I'm like, yo, I'm not ready for that shit yet. Yeah, so, but it's levels to it. It's levels to it. And I'm glad you're doing that. And I'm, I'm going to be tuned in because, like, you know, young women really need that. And I was just touching on this early like young men have male role models that introduce them to things like watches mm-hmm. and cigars and cars and things like that and women need that too it's always a like hey you you don't got the new chanel bag like this i don't even know about the chanel bag that's in our community a lot it's all like mm-hmm. y'all don't have this y'all don't have this yeah. you don't know about this and like, and like people secretive I, like, about it yeah, I don't know about all that stuff. I just stumble upon it walking around Nordstrom. I'm like, oh, I like this. And, you know, 
we if I can have a way to streamline me stumbling around Nordstrom and stumbling around all these mm-hmm. nice or high end stores so with somebody that actually been there and like, oh, OK, this is what I like. You might like this. A lot of young women are going to benefit from that. But what mm-hmm. I also like about D also is that she has like her flex pieces, but it, there I feel like there's also a message like it doesn't matter like what the brand is or what it costs. Like, mm-hmm. You can look good and put together on any type of budget, you know, mm-hmm. like I don't go crazy with clothes. I've had a little bit of a like a glasses problem. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, outside of that, you know, even like my jewelry, I would say like it's real, but it's pretty affordable, like where I find like my stuff and my pieces and they're mm-hmm. like minimal like that's my thing I want it to look minimal and classic and be able to last Mm -hmm. and not be so trendy and for it to just like all right I bought like my staple pieces now I'm good to go Mm -hmm. and I feel like in today's world and it's it's honestly no knock to nobody I don't want to nobody take it the wrong way but it's just like the primary image of a girl's today that's being promoted is so overly sexualized it doesn't make any sense like It doesn't, people don't even look at just like, I don't want to, just like girls who are more classy or elegant aren't put in that spotlight the way they should be. So I want to, you know, make it known to girls like, hey, you don't have to look like all these girls on Instagram or be, have naked to get attention. Like the way Mm -hmm. you carry yourself and the way you boss yourself up as a woman, you could still get very, probably even better attention because people don't take you more seriously in these spaces and respect you for the way you carry yourself. So Mm -hmm. that's been like a big thing for me and like something me and Zay talk about a lot is like, it's like, what kind of attention do you want from people? And I'm like, I know for a fact, I don't want that, you know, attention. You don't want the dick, the dick pics in your yeah. head? <laughs> Look, you are but, speaking my language. But you gotta bring the, you gotta bring the sauce though, D. Because mm-hmm. like Xavier said one time, like the only reason why he wears sometimes is designer is because these young kids, they're not gonna listen to it if you don't mm-hmm. got on what they want to wear. So yeah. like, I think a lot of it's not so much like oh I want to take my clothes off on Instagram it's like the chicks that be playing these like quote-unquote like good women you boring Mm -hmm. I don't want that like (laughs) you don't do anything cool (laughs) so I think like that's like I think that's like the perception is just like you're a boring person and then maybe Mm -hmm. they assume you don't have any money or whatever but like um sometimes you may have to splash the rolly on them they have to let them know (laughs) and it's like that's why I'm like I like the best. I like the best of both worlds. So I could do it in a way where a lot of girls can right. relate to, and a lot of girls gonna accept it because I'm still young. So I'm not like, gonna take it to this right. super like mm-hmm. old and boring vibe. I can still, you know, give you the sauce and all that <laughs> with it. Like I still like to stun a little bit. I, so I'm like, I can give you all right. of that, but just in my way. So if you gravitate towards me, I'm with you. Mm-hmm. If you don't, that's cool. I'm not the person for you. Yeah. But, you know, also, I feel like it's just what I never see is just like how to navigate like business situations or even dealing with men in business as a woman, because true, some men will really try it with me. And I'm like, no, I know what the fuck I'm talking about. I know you're no you're lowballing me or like, no, send the contract, like make it legit, make it real. And I feel like sometimes women are scared to like put their foot down or to like, you know, just defend themselves because they're going to be seen as like. Oh, she's angry. She's mm-hmm. aggressive. She's yep. That's she's fine. I'll be all that, but I'm still with. not moving until you move correctly. So even just knowing, like, acknowledging, like, yeah, that shit does happen and it sucks. 
you know, but also like, these are the things that you need to know and how to move in business and like, don't let any man or any company, whatever, even other women try to pressure you into being something you're not or doing something you don't want to do for mm-hmm. money or anything. There's mm-hmm. always going to be another opportunity, you know, that that's going to come your way. I think that whole she's a bitch or she's a mean person thing comes from the fact that like as women in business, we have to be a bitch. Like once you get into business, you start off as that nice, like everybody's friendly. Everybody wants me to make money. Yeah. You start (laughs) off like that. And then you start to realize that the only way that you're going to get your point across and you're going to clear your checks is that you got to be stern and you got to put your foot down. And like, when I came to that point, I was like, okay, once I put my foot down, I know I'm going to be, yeah, I'm going to be that bitch. (laughs) I'm going to be the mean person. I'm going to be like, Oh, nobody fucks with Tara because she's mean and she'd be on my ass and shit like that. And I didn't want, I didn't want to be that person, but I knew the only way that I was going to get paid was to be that person. And it sucks for women in business. But at the end of the day, like if you don't put your foot down, people will walk all over you. People will literally Mm -hmm. work, let you work for free for years Mm -hmm. and they don't care because they don't look at women as like, you know, I'm not saying all people are like this, but a lot of people don't look at women as like contributing factors to a project. They like just look at it like, oh, she just gave some advice, not she actually helped me make a lot of money. Right. And so, mm-hmm. now, and look, so like, always better come with an uh, a proposal for equity. Yeah, and it, it, like, you, but you have to tell women that because women think yeah. we're like, oh, I'm just being helpful, or they're gonna pay me on the back end. No, they're not. Mm-mm. They're gonna leave you mm-hmm. in the dust, <laughs> and that's just the sad, sad part about business. Like, you have to be a bitch, and like, you get. You get a lot of people who are like, oh, you know, you think about all the most powerful women you know, there's always a story about them being a bitch or they were mean or they were mean to me or something happened where now I don't like this person. It's like, how do you think they got to that position? Yeah. How do you think they got to that position where they're working with a bunch of powerful ass men by being nice? (laughs) No, (laughs) no, that like that's just like I work with a whole bunch of dudes. I don't work with any women. I work with a whole bunch of older men. Like, I can't be nice. I can't go cry in the corner. None of that shit. Right. If nobody listens until you start yelling and then everybody yep. wants to listen, it's like, damn, what happened? Like, <laughs> yeah. I said it nice 10 times and y'all don't listen. So now I'm well, just like, going to say it sternly the first time and we'll get it yep. fucking done the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every time I raise my voice or I like put my foot down <laughs> at work, they're like, Tara's yelling on the radio. Just automatically, <laughs> just automatically, Terry's yelling on the radio. She's mad. She's angry. And it's really not that. It's just that, like, hey, I said something and I needed to be done. And it's not, nobody's like listening to me. Why aren't you fucking moving? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, you know, that's just being a woman in a, in a male dominated industry. Like, a lot of the spaces that we are in as women, like, they're male dominated. So, yeah, you got to put your foot down. Like, the whole silhouette challenge thing, also. I mm. watched a lot of them. I enjoyed them, but you won't catch me doing one. It's not on brand for me at all. I don't dance that well anyway. It would be sad, <laughs> you know? But, you know, my whole point with bringing that up is like, I'm slow to jump on trends because I want to see, I'll, I'll miss like that initial opportunity just to see like how it affects people and what's happening. So like Clubhouse, I haven't done anything on there besides listen, right? And I feel like the app, can be a joke for the most part. So for me, it's not in alignment with what I want to do, right? Silhouette challenge, fun, great to look at. Y'all look great. But then you have these weird ass men taking the filter off, you know, mm-hmm. and making yeah. it something that it was never intended to be. So, you know, I know like, I would just say like, be slow with trends and opportunities. Take your time if it's meant for you, 
it's still going to be there. You know, don't ever rush to make an opportunity or a deal happen. If it's meant to be, it'll happen. You know, I'd rather go slow and like check all my bases than like jump into something. And I don't realize what it is that I was getting myself into. I think as women on social media, certain women know certain things they can get into. <laughs> certain yeah. women know that ain't for me. I'm the sec. I'm the latter. I know like them, them challenges, they're not for me. I just, I'm not, I just, mm-mm. somebody take the filter off mine and then like, I'm going to really want to go Liam Neeson on your ass. And, like, <laughs> right. <laughs> cause like, cause that was serious, you know, like now you're, yeah. cause you know, I, I, I don't know. We all came up in the era of revenge porn and women right. getting their sex tapes put on Pornhub. And so I think like a lot of us, you know, the the younger generation, they're more susceptible to posting on social media versus us. We're not because like where I come from, like, you know, girls didn't put their sex tapes out there as much as they do now because of right. the fact of simple factors like it ends up on porn sites. Right. And that's all I could think about with the silhouette challenge. I'm like, you have these women that are naked and they were put taking the filters off of it and now they have they their naked videos are all over the internet where do you think they're ending up right the same thing yeah that's why you got to be slow to do these challenges like <clears throat> i just think i don't know business wise for business women i don't really even understand why any business woman would have done that like in my opinion your business is also though what'd you say I, th- I feel like it depends on what your business is also. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't think it's like, like a that's bad your look. Image, you know, that's what you're trying to do. But outside of that, it's kind of like, you know, a lot of these challenges now, like they're not going to help you bring in money to your business. They're going to help bring men to your page who just want to look at you. They're not going to help bring in any dollars at all, unless that's your, you know, that's what your business that's is. That's your industry. Yeah. yeah, that's your industry making money off of men who want to see you like, of course, but like, some of these challenges and then even just like not following all the trends like uh, I can't even remember what it was but like anytime there's any trend going on like for me right people saying for me after like everything like you just don't have to follow all the trends like you don't have to be so trendy uh, Ari like like, like it's, be the, like, 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 it's the hair yeah. for me it's the hair for me, for me. Oh, yeah. whatever. Like, it's the wings for me yeah, yeah. like the Ari, she's the one who made me realize it she was like you know, when you follow trends and stuff like that, none of your content will ever be evergreen. You can't yeah. reuse content where it's all trendy. You got all trendy content. You always trying to keep up with what's going on versus making your own trends and following your own marketing path or whatever it is you're trying to do. Right. Like, I don't it's know. The that's shaming that's people for me. No. It's the shame people for me. <laughs> for me, <laughs> personally. For me, personally. Look, honestly, with that, it's like, when I know, I notice people when they change their vocabulary and the way they talk and the way they get around other people. And I notice that, and then like I make mental notes of that just subconsciously. Like, okay, this person is easily like changed. They can easily just change with whatever's going on around them, rather than just going with the flow or whatever, right? So when I see people like that, and they always change their uh, what do you got the vernacular or whatever they're saying, like their slang, all with the trends. Like I know that that's some person that's just easily swayed. Like they're easily going with whatever's hot in the hype at the moment or whatever's hot at the moment. To me, it's just like a, it's not like a, a bad thing, but it's kind of like a red flag at, in originality. Like that person is not an original person. They're always going to be branded as a follower in my head. Yeah, I don't know what any of that is. I'm always asking y'all, like, what does this mean? <laughs> <laughs> what are these letters? I'm, I don't be knowing none of that stuff. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> for, for 
something to me on like Twitter. I was like, what? What? Is, like in the gym? What? She goes, that means you're busy, bitch. Like, <laughs> how old are you? <laughs> um, oh, no, I said, I, I said you was in the lab. You was like in the what? And I'm like in the lab, like you working. It wasn't in the lab, it was something else. And I was like, what? It was it was definitely some shit that I was like, what the fuck? Are you for real? You know I'm slow. All right, D. So you had your first episode come out. How'd it do? What was it about? It is so low. I was so excited because I had such low expectations. No, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Go ahead and um, go ahead. And, I wanted to ask you about this because you set a real low goal. I did. That. So go ahead and tell everybody that goal that you put out there. My goal was a hundred views for the first week. Mm-mm. It was you so got five, You got five views right here. No. Wait, what are you talking about on, for the podcast? Mm-hmm. What, what y'all talking about? Her YouTube, oh, her YouTube channel. channel. Oh, your YouTube, YouTube channel. Yeah, okay, I set okay. a goal and I was like, I just want 100 views for the first week and maybe like 20 subscribers. Oh 100 views is like all your friends on Twitter. I know. <laughs> I, <don't, laughs> I didn't want to get my hopes up, but then once it, it got 100 views like in the first couple hours, so I was like, oh, okay, I'm doing something right here. So it did really well. <laughs> it did really well. I think right now it's almost at like 600 and I got like almost 150 subscribers. So I was like super excited. And then this morning I recorded um, the second video. So I just got to post it after this. But yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. I was, and there was so many comments and like I got so many DMs like from people telling me like, thank you so much for this. And I'm so excited. And just like, this is what I want to see. So I didn't even realize like it was that many people who would even be into this, but I'm glad like I found my niche. So I'm definitely going to just work on it and grow it. Yeah, there's a lot of wide open lanes on YouTube. Like people don't realize when it comes to black women, like whatever you want to do, that lane is probably wide open. Mm-hmm. So you just got to stay consistent. Um, are you editing your own videos? So <laughs> I went on Fiverr. I went on Fiverr and I found a video editor, right? So I was like, I'm going to outsource. I'm going to try and be a little hands off with this and I'm going to let somebody else do my own editing. He sent me back my video and it was like trash. Like I did not like it. And I was just so frustrated. And it had already been like two weeks past the original day I said I was going to drop it. So I was like, you know what? I can figure this out. I can do it. So I got on Canva. I watched a couple YouTube videos and I had it the hell out of my video. <laughs> and then I put it together and threw it on YouTube. Like for me, I want to outsource things, but like my, the creative, the creative part of my mind sees it a very particular way and if you can't do it for me give me a couple hours and I'm gonna figure it out and I'll have it done so that's pretty much what happened yeah I think when it comes to YouTube starting out I think you should edit your own videos for mm-hmm. sure because that personal touch yeah yeah it makes it personal and if you have long videos you're going to be paying so much to have somebody on Fiverr editing them like because I was How are, looking, y'all, are y'all like beginners at editing and y'all just doing this or yeah, yeah, you start. We all like, you know, can't you have production experience. Tara. We all can't edit videos. <laughs> so, what upcoming content can we expect to see from your channel, D? So, today's video was a lesson in luxury specifically, and it was all about choosing your signature scent, which I've seen someone talk about this before, and a lot of people are mad at her, but she was like, 
y'all ladies need to get off the Bath and Body Works so much and evolve into, yeah. They evolved. They were that. pissed. <laughs> but I was like, I feel what she's saying. She was like, y'all need to get into these more um, mature grown women since. So that's what today's video is going to be about. But I really wanted to dive into like travel, um, a few business. I don't want it to get too businessy, but you know, business things, lessons in womanhood, um, just luxury items. I think I'm gonna do like a review of like my car one day, having a Mercedes, and just like things like that. So it's gonna be a, like even things like wine and fine dining and stuff. Like I just know like for me when we first start going to certain restaurants and sitting there and not really knowing what to order or what kind of wine to ask for. So things like that, just these things you should know as you move into these different spaces so you don't feel so uncomfortable and so out of place. I got dragged for this, but I once said like, I think every woman should grab an etiquette book. It doesn't matter which etiquette book. Mm -hmm. Just buy an etiquette book and just read through it. They were pissed. Really? When did that you I say agree. that? People got mad about that? <laughs> Anything I fucking say. I People are sensitive. Outside and they get pissed I thought that me. was like a normal thing that like little girls, like I knew of, I had friends that went to etiquette school. Right. <laughs> People are Damn, sensitive. like why are you mad <laughs> that you're telling people to get some etiquette? What? That's so weird <laughs> to me. Like I grew up in the South. A lot of my friends were like debutantes and stuff. So that's like... Yeah, like nobody says anything about like Southern Bells when people are oh. raised to be kind of like a Southern thought, Bell. I just thought like, all right, my grandma from the South, she raised me, my mom's Latin. So like these are, maybe these are just things in my household that like I knew about and grew up with. But like, you know, but I just said like, y'all don't even have to follow it, but you should be aware of like how certain things and certain environments work. So you don't feel right. silly if you mm -hmm. find yourself in those environments, you know, like the first time I sat down, like, why are there three fucking forks? <laughs> like, where do, where do I, what do I do? Like, you know? So, um, and I feel like there's, there's no such thing as being overprepared, you know, for mm -hmm. certain situations. You never know where you're going to find yourself, you know? So I'd rather like know what to do and feel comfortable navigating those scenarios, conversations, or environments than feeling like, but I feel completely like oddball and I'm never going to like come here again or do this again. Mm -hmm. And it's like the, like when you especially move up into different social classes and if you got very big ambitions of being millionaires and things like that, yeah. the conversation and the type of environment you're going to be in with them is not going to be the same environment of being back home at the cookout, chilling with your friends. Like it's going to be a different space so you need it's cool to know how to navigate both but you know you just gotta make sure you're prepared for whatever situation you're thrown into definitely another, definitely another I, got, I gotta talk go ahead Ari sorry um there's a site called morning brew it's free and like every yeah. day they'll email you just like you know different areas of news and things that are going on like just sign up for that and browse through it each morning read a couple articles it's literally like 10, 15, 30 minutes, however much time you want, but at least stay up to date with like what's going on in the world. There's nothing worse than like being out at an event or talking to somebody and like you have nothing to talk about outside of like, and don't get me wrong, I watch, you know, Real Housewives too, but that can't be the only thing you're knowledgeable about and so, talking about, right. you know, the more you know and can, you know, switch between conversations and topics and industries, the more memorable that is, the better off it's going to be. And even being like culturally aware of certain things, like what's okay to do, 
with your U.S. friends may be offensive to someone that's maybe not from here. They have just different cultural beliefs. So like the etiquette thing, like what the, I can't even believe you got like any hell on that. Cause it's just like, that's really important because you can't be like stuck in this box that you're in where you think how you act and how you do things is how everyone does things or is the only way to do things. Like, I think you should always be aware that like everyone doesn't live or think like you or don't believe in the same things that you do and you should be able to respect that we're studying different cultures you know like right. traveling abroad i always made sure to learn how to say hello goodbye please and thank right. you in that language you know that'll even take you far like, i sound crazy but like <laughs> I, I took the time to learn it and i'm making an effort you know to just show respect for yeah i'm a guest here you know i'm a guest so i'm gonna be very respectful and act accordingly Mm-hmm. I think people take suggestions as attacks on their character. And really they look at, they, they hear that suggestion. They hear, this is what I'm not. So yeah. they look at it as like an attack. And it's really like, hey, you, this is how you can help improve yourself or improve your life. And they're like, they take it so, and they get so defensive about it and so emotional about it. And it's like, look, we're just trying to help you. Like etiquette is just really like, basically you learning like basic manners of all things around, not just like <laughs> the manners that you already should know about, but other things that maybe you might be unaware of. You know, I learned a lot working in fine dining, like a lot. Mm-hmm. I learned a lot about wine pairing. I worked under a psalm, uh, a wine psalm for like three and a half years. And he taught me a lot about wine pairing. And I remember one of my first times at work, like maybe one of the first weeks I was working there, um, I was attending to this couple and basically the guy was like, yeah, can we just find something that goes well with the fish? And I picked the wrong kind of wine. The wine that I picked would have been better with a steak. And they weren't really mad at me, but they said something to my boss. And he, you know, (laughs) you know, and it was kind of like a thing. It was like, he was like, why would you ever pair, you know, that kind of red with a fish? You should have paired this white with, and I'm like, I didn't even know that was a thing. I thought you just drank wine. And he was just looking at me like, are you serious? (laughs) But, you know, he really took me under his wing and taught me a lot about wine pairing and fine dining and like do's and don'ts in the restaurant industry and fine dining and even how to fine dine. Like we used to go out to other restaurants, like our competition and see what they did and what they did right and what they did wrong and see how we can be better. And it just taught me a lot about money. And I was like, wow, money dines a little bit differently <laughs> than the cookout, <laughs> you know? Money and, you does know, a lot differently. Like, like you know, you really like, start learning shit and being around, you know, new shit. You like, damn, like when I really started like traveling a lot and then I realized that like there's some planes that like literally have like an entire bar and like a little, maybe a little club. You can have your own room in there depending on how long your flight is, like. I didn't know shit like that existed. <laughs> like I knew you could stay in like, you know, the lounges and stuff like that. Like I knew that, but as far as flying, like on a big ass plane, not like a jet. You have your own like I Yeah, I didn't know you could have suites like a fucking hotel in the air, literally. I had no idea that like shit like that existed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just think that people need to be more open when it comes to learning new things. Like um d said you know people they they get defensive like so if you can't get defensive when somebody's trying to just let you know like hey this is this is something new this is something that you might want to learn like some people get so defensive when you tell them like hey you know you might want to take a look at this or you might not want to move like this like i don't know what it is people just aren't they aren't opening they aren't open to learn so their willingness to learn is just not there they just like stuck in their ways 
forget you, especially on Twitter. Like just they, everybody, nobody yes. wants to learn anything new. It's just always like whatever the mob is saying, that's what mm-hmm. most people want to say. Look, I got a raise and like guaranteed to almost never get fired because the guy I worked for, he busted a button on his shirt before an important meeting. And I knew how to sew that fucking button back on. He's like, he's like, you know how to sew? I'm like, I can sew a button. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <Yeah. laughs> so like, he was just so amazed. He's like, oh my God. Like I was going to have to go to the dry cleaner and be late this, this and that, or go buy a new shirt. So it's like, you never know just like what random shit, you know, that can help. You know, I would have never thought my ex's mom teaching me how to sew a button on would one day help me with like a promotion and like job security, you know? So it's like, I feel like whenever like, there's this whole new attitude of like, whenever something is like, whenever something new is brought into your reality and like we're made aware of it, our first thing is to like reject it or knock it instead of being like, well, let me look into it and see if that's for me. You know, like, let me at least learn a little Mm -hmm. bit more. As much time as we spend like consuming information, why not learn if something's for you or not instead of just writing it off immediately, you know? Within sense also. I'm not talking about like crack and shit like that, you know, like within sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, that's real. It's so much like people don't understand like the world is bigger than what we think it is. Like it's so much out here, so much information, it's so many different cultures, it's so many different people. And all you have to do is like open your mind up to it. Like if you decide to just stay closed off and stay in your own little bubble and your little piece of the world, like you're just missing out. And I learned that lesson just going to the military and meeting people and realizing like I was not prepared to be around so many different people because I, I it's like scary. It's like a culture shock, but you just got to break down that mental barrier and like really get out there and experience the world for what it is and just learn new mm-hmm. stuff out there. I think a lot of people aren't, they weren't taught when they were kids, how to be receptive to criticism and suggestions and be receptive to change. And so when you suggest something to them that is going to change them or like they feel like it's an attack on their character or you're criticizing anything that they're doing, when even they look at criticism as a negative thing, when criticism is that can be negative and positive, you know? And so when you do things like that, like suggest new things to them, like, hey, you should do it this way, not that way, or hey, this is how they do it over here. You should read up on it they look at that as an attack. And so I think people should get outside of the area that they, they are, they're living in and not just physically, but like mentally, because like you just said, the, like the world is so much more like there's your world. And then there's a million other worlds out there in the world, you know, because everybody doesn't do it like you. Every there's different ways of doing things. And like, I went into, um, when I was younger, I went to my friend's house and I didn't realize like in that family, like, I don't know, I forgot, they feed the men first, <laughs> right? And it was just a thing mm-hmm. in their culture. Like they were from, um, I forgot where they were from, somewhere in uh, Europe, I wanna say uh, Eastern Europe. And they feed the men first and everybody gets fed. And that was like a thing. And it wasn't like a big deal, like how we make it on Twitter <laughs> and everybody go crazy. <laughs> but like, I just thought about it. I'm like, dang, you know, like they feed the men first and it's like a it's like a show of respect and then they feed the women the children the elders or whatever and then like you know you know in our world kids and elders get their plates fixed first right and it's just like Mm -hmm. you know you got to understand why like okay this is how we do it but 
people out there in other places in the world, they do don't things do differently. It like that. Yeah. They don't do it like that. And that's it's just how the world care. is. It's okay. <laughs> it's all right. Look, my house, <laughs> you're a grown man, you're an able-bodied man, you're not getting fed before my old, my grandma, <laughs> my, family my poor is, granny. <laughs> my family, is, the men get fed first, then the uh, grandparents, and then adults, and then uh, kids get there. And we sit kids at a whole other table in a completely different area of the mm-hmm. house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they go away and it's just no one has a problem with it. Like it is what it is. It's our culture, right? Mm-hmm. No one feels like any type of way. It's just it's all right. I think it's important to learn about other cultures because I feel like the more you learn about other people, the better you become as a person. It's just, I don't know. It's, that's just my philosophy on it. <laughs> but the more I learn, the more I learn about other people, the, I feel like the better I become as a person and as an individual. So I like to learn a lot about other cultures. I remember when I was in college, I used to read about different religions because I grew up on Christianity. But I'm like, wow, there's all these other religions out there. And I've just been taught one way of looking at things. And I've been like just shadow banned from looking at anything else and been told that the, all those people are evil and things like that. And I'm like, well, that's not a way to live life. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like you should learn about everything. Especially because of now, I think we're so much connected to everyone than ever before. Where mm-hmm. I think, because if you think about all of our education up until now, like, or just look about grade school, like we were always taught it's America, like we the best thing since sliced bread. Like, mm-hmm. why would I care about any other culture when supposedly I live in the best country in the world? That's what I've been taught literally since I was six years old. So like, but like now we're like, I, my best friend can live in China potentially, or I could build a business with people in London. Like we're so connected now. Like you can't just ignore other cultures because you're going to lose every time because everyone, like, uh, I know a lot of people feel like everyone thinks like it's the U S or nothing, but like, there's billions of other people that will say otherwise <laughs> where they're saying, I don't know what the fuck goes on in the U S and I don't give up and I don't care. Like that's not my life. So I definitely think now more than ever, like you need to be willing open to make connections with people that maybe don't live in the same country that you forget like a state or a city. They may live in a totally different world than you. And I think you should be open to accepting that. Do I got a question. Yes. How many countries have you been to? I haven't been outside of the U.S. yet. So that is on my bucket list this year. That granted. shocked me. Yeah, yeah granted, me everything too. goes goes right with COVID. Don't, don't, don't let anybody hear that. They're going to say you're going out of country during a pandemic. <laughs> 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 she said, I'm y'all podcast. <laughs> Hey, the podcast um, is about to be canceled. That leads into my next question. <laughs> Where do you want to go? Top three. Oh, top three, top three. I definitely, I mean, I definitely want to go to Europe. Like, I really, really want to go to Europe. And just like, honestly, like, we talk about this a lot. We don't know exactly when we're going to do it, but I want to live a year just overseas, abroad. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to do it when we have young children sure. or if we do it before we start having kids, but... That's you do it with your kid. Ari is the goat for that. She's the one that makes yeah. me really want to be like, take oh, my kid not, and take him all around this world at, it's as not a that kid. Hard. Mm-hmm. It's not that hard. Like, and I did it like by myself too, you know? Yeah. But like, 
it's, I was like amazed, like how resilient kids are and how they just learn to go with the flow, especially those long ass flights. Like he was fine. And when he wasn't, there's, you know, Benadryl. (laughs) (laughs) Then like you start to realize like the U S is very weird culturally about small children. Right. But when we were in Asia, they love little kids. And they're like, the second he started fussing, like all the little grannies and grandpas started coming up, like pulling toys out of thin air, snacks, fruit, playing with him, blowing up balloons and shit. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> because America is fuck them kids. Because the niggas, yeah. right, niggas in America have been like, bitch, if you don't right. get this baby. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm not even going to lie. I'm not even going to lie. I'm going to be honest. I'm on an airplane. I hear a baby cry. My, my face be like, whole attitude (laughs) whole attitude and I have to catch myself and I'm like because okay if I was a parent and I had somewhere to go and I got a kid and my kid starts crying on the plane like what can I do control that yeah Mm -hmm. because you already go on the flight knowing and like anxious like fuck I hope my kid acts right and then they start acting up and then like it just adds to it when like Mm -hmm. you know everyone's like making looks or throwing you dirty looks so now when I fly I bring a little like a Ziploc bag and I have like a little toy in there, a juice, some snack, not a juice, some snacks and stuff. And then sometimes we'll stop at like the airport store. We always buy my mama beanie baby when we go visit and I'll go buy an extra one just in case someone kids on the flight is like fussing, give the bag to the parent. And I say, look, I'll play with him. We love him and stuff, whatever. <laughs> I've like been on flights, like walking someone's kids up and down. Cause I could just see the parent was like, just stress the fuck out. Oh, you're and nice. <laughs> kids know also like they're different with other people, right? Like they get sick of your face, but they like they're cooler and more chill with other people. So I think even just being willing to like say hi to someone's kid or like just entertain them for a couple of minutes would like save the flight versus like adding to like mm-hmm. someone who's already stressed out. You right with that silence thing though, because I've definitely seen when I've gone to Southeast Asia, the flight attendants they might pick up your baby for you and try to rock it to sleep <laughs> and help you out. <laughs> it's definitely a different, a different vibe. I that's think in, in America, we've kind of been, it's been ingrained in us, like a lot of other things that I don't want to name on a podcast, but like <laughs> it's been ingrained in us to like, not like kids or like, you know, to, or kids are like a, a burden or like, you know, no like a uh, village and community anymore. No, it's, it's none, it's gone, you know? That. You know, we've kind of put children on, like, even though it is the parent's responsibility, we're looking at the kid as like, that's your responsibility. You need to handle it rather than like, we should all, you know, be responsible for all of the kids in our community type thing, you know? And I think the the more we get away from that, the more damage it does to the individual, the more damage it does to the kids, the more damage it does to the whole community. Yeah, it's like if we're at the park, like I'm not only watching my kid, I'm watching everybody else's kids. Too. Yeah. Making sure like no, like no one's running. Like I've grabbed children, like, yo. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so so like weirdos and stuff. Like, I feel like, you know, when it comes to kids, no matter what, like and they could be a little shithead kid too, but like I'm still gonna like do my part and make sure like these babies mm-hmm. are safe. So D, I know you and uh, Xavier, y'all want to have kids. What are your thoughts on kicking your kids out? Or so, will you kick them out? <laughs> We've kind of <laughs> like back and forth on it because he was like, I kind of want to kick them out. 
who want to he Xavier said he he wanted to um kick them out to let them <laughs> to kind of teach them like that um depend independence so like really get out there and learn like how to you know like find your place in the world me I'm kind of like oh they could stay as long as they want to but I think I don't want them to take advantage of it to a point where they're the type of kids who are because it's like again we plan on providing a very specific lifestyle so I don't want them to get comfortable with being like oh well my parents got it or I know I'm set I don't really have to work that hard so with us it's like we have to tread lightly with it because I still want you to like have that go-getter mentality and still be like you know, willing to put yourself out there and go like really work hard to have something. I don't want you to just be like, well, my parents did all the work and I could just chill and live off my little trust fund and be good. Like, I don't want to trust fund babies. <laughs> so we we're still trying to, we had a conversation about, we're still trying to figure it out, but I think it may be a very, at a, at a certain point, like you got to go, like, we're not going to hold your hand. But, I, but you, I don't <laughs> think that like, you can't learn independence living with your parents oh, I agree. I like only because my parents they didn't necessarily say oh you got to get out i think i probably could have stayed i think i don't know but it was very much so like you could stay here but like i'm not paying for anything for you mm-hmm. <laughs> like i'm already putting the roof over your head why am i gonna do anything else and you're of age where you can be self-sufficient and like, I just think like, I think there's a statistic or I think B's talked about it where it's like black people, most of their income goes to housing or like their car mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be. So yeah, it's like to put, a, so to put a kid out at a very young age where obviously they're probably not going to be making that much money. Most their income is going to go to housing. I don't know if that's. I mean, of course, yeah, you'll learn independence that way, but I think there's probably better ways because <laughs> it's just a lot of other factors like it's just so much stress and like I don't know I just think it's just a lot of things that your young child will go through that maybe necessarily they don't have to and they could be at a very a better place at 25 if you do I don't know if maybe if they stay at your house a little bit longer versus they get out at 21 and at 25 maybe they're just getting some traction versus at 25 they could be have a solid foundation mm-hmm. and i i think one thing i will add and say is it goes with knowing who your child is and the type like you have to be very realistic like when you are raising your kids you know the type of person they are so you know when you have a kid that is like okay they they it's not clicking for them like we got to do something to help them get <laughs> yeah. you know just get up out of this rut and then you know when you have a very ambitious child or who has plans and ideas they just need the time to make it happen so you just you got to know your kid no scenarios like I, I have no problem if you want to stay and I see you're trying to execute a plan and you need mm-hmm. your parents assistance that's okay but if I see you sitting on your ass and you playing <laughs> video games 24-7, we're going to do something drastic to wake you up. So wait, wait, that's a bad, quit. though. That's a bad. What if they're on Twitch? No, here's the thing. If they that making money, bad. not if they just sitting there wasting time. Not if they just... Xavier, Xavier don't throw the kids out the house and give them a lot of money under the table. <laughs> right, right, you know, right. I'm always be on the same page, though. I Depending on the situation, though, I'm not, especially with their father, I'm not going to go against his word. 
Like if he's like, this is what we're doing with our children and it's his say. So I don't like those households where it's like the parents are on two different pages and it causes confusion, confusion and it causes the kids to gravitate towards one parent, you know, more over the other. Yeah. So you find a fine balance, but I'm not going to go against his word when he says like, no, this is what we're going to, what are we going to do? My parents did that. We're like, your, what'd your mom say? If she said that, that's what it is. Even if mm, my dad disagreed, yeah. even if my mom disagreed, right. like, no, no, mm-hmm. you're not going to play us. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, right. it's like, it's, I, I grew up in a household where my parents were very on and off. And it's like, you know, my dad didn't live with us. And it was, you go to this house, you go to this house. And I just like, it's just, it's damaging to a kid. Like you need to be on the same page as a parent. And even if y'all are not going to be together, like co-parenting is everything. Like y'all got to give them some type of structure. I agree. Definitely agree. I think like my whole thing with Silas is like, he's already so in, like ingrained in my business and gets to see, you know, since he was born, literally was working with him on my side. But like, He's definitely going to be making a tour over the summers when he's old enough. Like, all right, a week over there, whatever they tell you to do, go do it. You know, go Mm -hmm. learn, go suck it up, go do it. And like, my goal is like, he's always going to have a key to my house in his bedroom, but he'll also have his own home. He can never sell it, but he could rent it out. He could live there. He can, what is that shit called? Like hack house hack? House hack. (laughs) (laughs) He can do that. I'll buy his first car for him, you know, and mm-hmm. like good old Honda, you know, you'll be right for the next 20 years. <laughs> Shout out to Honda but, game. You know, I, Honda I, game. I, I expect him to live at home until he's like 25, 26. Cause I feel like we don't really even know what we want to do and like get it right. together until about that age. Right. And so my thing is like, look, I'm not going to charge you rent, but I'm going to be very involved in like your personal finances if you're going to be home. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're not paying rent. You don't have to worry about food, utilities, nothing, but you're going to put away a certain amount of your check every month, you know? So I'm happy yeah. you can follow that. And as long as he's working for a job, the family business, starting his own business or in school, that's fine. But if you're just fucking around, not doing anything, rent or go get your own spot. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I feel like you could teach a kid how to pay bills and be a responsible adult while still at home. Like they don't have to pay rent. And utilities, and car insurance, and health insurance, and all of this at that. nineteen. Yeah, to realize that. But if they're nineteen years old, they can pay their phone bill. Yeah, and then but you can, they can, you can escalate other stuff too. They can also yeah. like pay rent to you, and not like full rent, but like let's say yeah. you're like, all right, your rent's going to be two hundred dollars a month, and they yeah. pay their phone bill, right? Mm-hmm. So they can do that, and all that money that they pay towards their rent, you can save mm-hmm. it, and then once they move out, just give them their money. Like that's something you can give them their money, or you can buy them a house, mm-hmm. or uh, you can buy them hey, a, hey, a this your down payment for a house. Yeah, there's a, yeah. a lot of different things you can do. You, know? you can you create it, buy them a duplex. You're like, here, you're gonna live in this unit, and I'll help you manage that other unit. You could teach them a skill and be like, this is gonna be your property. You decide you want to uh, live in it, I and mean, then not you can't sell it, but you decide you want to live in one, rent in one, or you want to rent two of them, whatever you want to do. This is yours, but like, I feel like people are like, you have to kick your kid out just to teach them something. No, you don't have to do that. Like, if my kid wants to live with me, like, I probably gonna get hit for this, but if they want to live with me till they're 30, I don't care. Yeah, that's how I feel, too. Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't. I feel. Like, my family yeah. is just like that. You know what I'm saying? 
But we you know, they're gonna be a balling ass thirty year old paying me some rent. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna be yeah. Like my child's not gonna be a bomb. They're definitely gonna yeah. be like a solid individual. But if you want to stay, like, kick you off right. for what? All Look, of I feel like the proximity, than, like setting but... them back. You know, I'd rather mm-hmm. just like focus on school or your job or just figuring mm-hmm. your shit out and not have like your basic survival needs be like a worry. Because mm-hmm. coming from that place where you're like, mm-hmm. no, I'm going to work like crazy and burn myself out so I can pay my rent and eat. Right. It's a whole other survive. thing. Like, you know, I'm going to actually yeah. go some shit I actually want to do and I'm interested in. Exactly. Exactly. And I don't get parents why they want to like recreate those struggle 18 to 26, 27, 28 years for their kids. Like, mm-hmm. I, w- I personally would feel like a failure if that was a position I set my son up for. Me, mm-hmm. personally. You know, like I want it, I want it to be easier for him because this shit sucks. And like I could have been a multimillionaire years ago, right? Exactly. <laughs> Not at all. I mean, the type of person that I am, like when I say live at home, like I'm probably gonna have multiple properties. So like you could be living in yeah. one of my houses and it's considered live at home. Like you're not gonna be living with me per se down the hallway, but <laughs> right. <laughs> Like, I can set you up. Yeah. I can set you up. Like I feel like when my kid goes to college, my plan right now in my head is okay. When my kid goes to college, wherever they decide to go, by the time they're like a sophomore and they're not living on campus anymore, I want to purchase like some little cheap property. So they can they house can just, hack it. Yeah, they can house hack it. Like, look, you could charge your friends two hundred bucks a month or three hundred bucks a month. Y'all yeah. can live here for the low and just keep it. And like when they decide to graduate or move on, they can decide to sell it or whatever. But like. I want to set my kid up and that'll be my house. So they can technically, they're still living at home. Like my mom pays all the bills, you know what I'm saying? But she's helping me become a responsible adult. So like, if my kid decides like, you know what? I want to live in one of my mom's properties until I'm like 30, until I really get my my life together. Maybe I want to go to med school and that's going to take me till I'm about 28 or 29. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I feel like that whole kick your kid out thing, you don't have to do that, but you can have them living at home. They can be paying their car insurance or they could be paying you a little bit of rent. Or they can be, they can get a secured credit card and start, you know, figuring out, you know, the whole credit, you know, business. I think it's very important to show your kid as an adult how to live as an adult. As an adult. Right. It's like, other cultures don't do that. And that goes back to like our earlier conversation. Like in other yeah. parts of the world, that's not a thing. Your parents don't. You can literally stay at home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, we take like, our kids out as what? soon as they become adults. We <laughs> kick them out. To you? <laughs> yeah, yeah like your it's parents don't be, do they that be, they just they just kick them to the curb and i'm like the best thing you can do for a new adult is show them how to be an adult so mm-hmm. like the proximity to you is like amazing like if you lived in your parents basement until you were like 23 or 24 but your parents are showing you everything about credit and car payments and, and banking and like everything and then like you go to school and they help you learn a skill like and then they teach you exactly how to be an adult and your responsibility you'll be way, way more ahead than somebody that just got kicked out to the curb. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. So, D, I always ask this question. My favorite question. <laughs> <laughs> if you weren't doing what you were doing right now, what's that weird thing that you were doing? Money's not an issue. Like, what would you be doing? Scuba diving instructor? <laughs> if I wasn't doing what, okay. Um, if I, I mean, I'm doing what I want to be doing. Like, I don't really have no other. Uh, Tara hates that. She hates <laughs> I, can tell, 
No, I, think- I want to know, like, do you want to own a flower shop? No, nah, like, or- real shit. Like, either way, you would be rich and you're really doing something you enjoy. You want to do, like, you want to, look, I want to own a nail salon and just make creative nail designs all day. Like, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I will be a stay-at-home mom. Like, I will already have okay. kids by now. If I wasn't, like, in business and in real estate, like, I'm very family-oriented. I want a bunch of kids. Like, I would be a professional stay-at-home mom, and I'd be traveling, living my best life, doing me. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't be doing anything else. Like, no, I don't, I think, like, so I'm doing my passion. Real estate, like, all this stuff, this is what I want to do. Like, have an opportunity to be creative, like, as far as how I work. So, I got that. Really, the only thing that's missing is, like, me having the family life. So, if I could stop all this today and we were 100% set, I would probably have kids by the end of the year. Like, that, <laughs> that's I, that's you, hear that? you hear that, Zach? Is he in the room? You in the room by yourself? He know what it is. We will be married and we will have kids. Like, here that's she a great be talking to Shari's ass again. Her. Right, right. <laughs> Right. But yeah, so that, yeah, that's, that's the only other, I feel like that's left for me. Like that's what, you know, the next thing for me, I know as I get older, things will change and I'll continue to find new things that I'm into. But right now, like for my five year plan, like this is what I want to get done. Okay. So mom, YouTube on the way. Her mom, luxury. Mom, luxury, like me too. Mommy brand. <laughs> and you know, people kill it when they transition into their little mommy brand. They Look, I love it. That's you got the bags that kill it. <laughs> Make you your kid a page. <laughs> but I had a whole thread of like from fitness influencer to retiring out through a mommy brand and like people thought it was funny but like no that shit's real like that is a That's whole <laughs> empire game plan <laughs> i've been seeing people executed like especially like um right now i'm like man there's a lot like, of money in that yeah so, one girl i know really took that courtney fit beast her brand mm-hmm. she, she took i never coached her she just took what i put in that thread and started executing on it and like her business is taking off mm-hmm. people love to watch execute. other people's lives <laughs> I said, all you got to do is execute. Like a lot of stuff we give away through tweets, but people want the full breakdown and that's what you got to pay for. You want a specialized plan. You want something specifically for you. You need step-by-step. You want, you want your handheld. You got to pay for that. But there's a lot of free game in the tweets. People just either don't pay attention to them or they don't know how to search or they just don't take action. They yeah. get the step-by-step in the tweets, literally. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they don't do it. It's literally right, like, it's like right there. The step of the whole game plan will be right there in the tweet. What they say, like, you got a link? Where's the yeah. link? <laughs> <laughs> link, link question mark. <laughs> I'll never forget. I'll never forget. I was like, I'm watching this guy called uh, Prime Survival on YouTube. He's building clay houses. And they were like, you got a link? And I'm just like, <laughs> I gave you the website. And I gave you his name on the website. People are lazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the fastest Definitely. way for me to ignore the fuck out of you forever. Is you hit me with link. I'm not your personal link fetcher. All right. Like mm-hmm. what that gets me so fucking hot. Ugh. All right. Well, do we have any last questions for Deanna? I want to ask my one question. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> so D, what's one random fact about you that nobody knows? Oh, that nobody knows? Like nobody online, you know, not something you talk about on the podcast and stuff like that. Mm, that's a hard one, B. So I'm trying to think like something nobody knows on the timeline. Uh, I don't know, B. That's, that's a real tough one. I really don't know. I feel like y'all know me. Y'all know everything. <laughs> mm. I might have to pass on that question. I can't think of nothing. Well, what's something that like, like we know you, but like what's something like people might like assume or not know about you or like have the wrong idea about you that you maybe want to like clear up or clarify? Because I don't think people know like you're a good time. Like it's fun to hang out with me. <laughs> She's a really no, fun. <laughs> I'm very chill. Like I'm very chill. I like to, I mean, I guess I'm like super quiet and I just say my little business stuff on the TL, but no, like I'm very chill. Like I'm not super serious. Like I like to drink. I like to have a good time, talk, eat food. Like I'm really easy to get along with. So yeah, I would just say like, yeah, I'm really cool. <laughs> But I mean, like with the, I feel, I feel as far as social media and stuff though, it's just not my, in my personality to be super out there. Just, I'm a very reserved person. So Xavier has more of that oomph as far as like wanting to put himself out there and be the face of things. And I'm completely happy with that. Like some people may think like, oh, I feel like I'm left in the, in the background. No, that's how we want it. Like, I don't care to be out there like that. Like I do I what I'm comfortable that. Like, why D, like sometimes <laughs> D, you come onto the podcast and Xavier would be like, say, hey, D. You'd be like, hey. I'll like, <laughs> be cracking up every time. I'm like, why can't I do that? Hey. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I just went, hey, what's up? <laughs> but, yeah, it's just like, I mean, and I feel like another thing, like, I feel like the podcast took off on me. Like, it just, it, it turned into something I wasn't expecting. So I feel like he adapted to it easier than I did. It took me, I noticed a lot of people like, oh, you don't say, but it just, it took me a while to adapt to being in this position. And a lot of people think podcasting is super easy. It's not that easy. Like a lot of times I'm talking to people I've never met before. I have no idea like what type of communicator you are, or what you're into. I have to research you and learn all this stuff. And now I have to get on like an hour to two hour call with you and make a great podcast episode with you. Like that takes a lot of skill. A lot of people take that for granted. So yeah, I mean, I love doing the podcast though. Like I listen, I'm very, I'm always listening and just, I ask the questions when I feel comfortable, um, you know, asking my questions, but I understand that's more of a passion for him than it is for me and I'm okay with that. I feel you D because Ari, B's, Tara, they all got a cult and I just be trying to chill. <laughs> they bring people on here I don't even know. I just want to say I don't have a cult. <laughs> you got a cult. I just be trying to act <laughs> I like I don't I'm just cult. as cool as them and it's just like that ain't me. That ain't me. But I'm going to rock with y'all because y'all my niggas. I, you I do not have effort. a call. <laughs> so I don't know now. I mean, Justin said it. <laughs> they do. All three of them do. 
Twitter is like a little cult. I would be trying to hit a mill if I had a quote of a cult, okay? Like, I could be there and I'd be long gone. You wouldn't see shit from But the random picture of the beach, all right? I think we have a cult. I think we're just are having a conversation. We invite other people who are like-minded to be a part of the conversation. So if you if you like what we're talking about, then cool, come talk about it. If you don't, there are millions of other people on the internet to go talk about what the fuck you like to talk about, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And so that I think so I think that might be like part of our like quote unquote appeal is that you know and people they they knock your podcast for anything the smallest stuff you're like what like <laughs> someone knocked us for every episode, I'm like, like, like someone <laughs> literally rated us like three two stars for the cursing on our show but it's like this is a grown podcast we're not <laughs> editing this like this is not an edited <laughs> show it's not pg this is like pg-13 yeah like you, i'm sorry your kid can't listen to it it's okay you though. need you to stop so expecting me to create content for your child i'm right, an adult right? <laughs> <laughs> you, what what the fuck? You like my child was in the car. Okay. <laughs> Turn to something else. Like, Your kid probably don't want to hear this anyway. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that is my only thing. I'm like, all right. But you know, I take the feedback and the criticism and you know, we move forward. Thank you all so much for being here. We super Thank appreciate you. Thanks, D. Appreciate Thank y'all. Dee. It was a good Thanks conversation. <laughs> Wait, you dropped the episode two tonight? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> it should be up by Monday. Or we- I gotta subscribe. I think I already subscribed. Yeah, I, I gotta, gotta subscribe. Watch. Y'all gotta subscribe to my stuff, y'all. I'm trying to I get my watch. subscribers. I gotta watch. I already subscribed. So. I comment. I liked it. I subscribed. You need to hit the right. notification Dude, tell them get on it. Yeah. yeah. What is it? Can yeah. I, is it easy to memorize that I can Google real quick? Like, put it in? Because I'm not going to remember. It should pop up. It should. What is it? What's your YouTube name channel name? Hmm? What's the name of it? Lessons in Life and Luxury. Okay. Oh, okay. It should pop right up. I own a domain too, so that should <laughs> make it a little oh, easier. Oh. I bought the do I listened to y'all. I bought the domain. <laughs> <Smart>. <laughs> Turn that into that mommy blog. We see it coming. Yeah, give me like two years. Give me two years, y'all. It's gonna evolve. You need to buy like, com, the Millers. Man, yeah. people, people are petty. They don't bottle. <laughs> I was say, oh, look, if somebody got 140 subscribers, come on. Yeah. Jasmine, come on. I'm about to subscribe right now. I just did. Look, appreciate you. Appreciate you. I don't really be on YouTube like that, but I'm going to get on there and check you out. Thank you know, YouTube, their requirements, you need like a thousand subscribers before you can start monetizing your stuff with them. So my goal is a thousand. Just stay consistent. No. It's the hardest part. <laughs> it's easy for us to share on Twitter, too. though. Like, I don't really, I'm not popping on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to come back to Twitter. I've been away for a while, but I'm going to come back. Twitter just be too extra. Me. I don't blame you. <laughs> I feel like people have gotten, like, they're really losing their shit the longer everything is going on. And it's just like, oh, my God. Like, it's, too it's just way too much on there. Please go mm-hmm. outside and touch grass. <laughs> <laughs> Get away from your phone for a minute, please. Go <laughs> Go put your feet in some dirt and relax. Like, <laughs> relax. All right. Let me, I'm going right. to set this off before we get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. Thank you so much again. Bye. Thank you. See y'all Thank later. You. Bye. Bye. Love you guys. Bye. Love you too.